This is the Following the Joy podcast, a place to hear people's stories about following their dreams, taking courageous action, being authentically themselves, and the lessons and adventures on the way. I'm your host, Debbie Westwell, and this is Following the Joy. In today's episode, I am talking to Idaiba Orozco. I cannot even tell you how much of a beautiful soul this woman has. She is just a fabulous light of sunshine, just a ray of happiness. And so she is an actor. She is a soul purpose coach. She does emotional code practicing and she does human design. And if you don't know what any of those things are, just carry on listening because you will soon find out what they are. Um, She is a podcast host. and We talk about all things about kind of why you change your life up, when we're going through grief, when we're feeling overwhelmed with work, how to kind of take action. Um, and like that there's more to life than work. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, carry on listening to this amazing episode. And as always, I hope you love it. Welcome, Rediver, to Following the Joy podcast. I am super excited to have you here, and I can't wait for my listeners to hear your beautiful voice and just feel your fabulous energy. Um, how are you? I am great. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Well, first of all, I love your energy, and I feel so connected to it. I guess, you know, when, when you have somebody that kind of mirrors a little bit of who you are, subconsciously you connect with that person and I think that you and I connected from the moment that we cross our path so I'm super super excited to be here oh yeah we definitely did so for anybody listening um Idaiva and I were on the same course when we were learning how to do podcasts so Idaiva's also got um, her own podcast out called Rekindle Your Light which is awesome um to check that out I'll put the the, in the in the show notes all the information but yeah so it's just you know you just meet such beautiful souls and your soul just like completely shone through anyway <laughs> like, Thank you. we could sit and like big each other up all day that would be, that would be that's fantastic. true but we, we should probably like you know chat so um what I'm going to get you to do if that's all right Idaiber, is um just introduce yourself to my listeners and then we'll just flow from there Absolutely. So my name is Idaiber Orozco. I am based in Los Angeles, California. I am originally from Venezuela and I've been in the United States since 1998. So I've been in the States longer than what I was, you know, living in in Venezuela, but I have not lost the accent, which is just something that blows my mind. I'm like, I've been here 20 plus years and I still uh, have an accent, but I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So I also, I am a sole purpose coach I help people figure out what is it that they want to do in life and use techniques that such as emotion code and human design to help people release uh, trapped emotions and connect with their authenticity. And I do workshops around creativity. So I, I stay pretty busy and now I have the podcast. So for me, the, the creative journey is as important as the rest of the stuff that I do. So that that's a big part of my life. Oh, I love that. And there's so much to unpack there because I think people are probably like, what, what, what? (laughs) Everything. So, okay, let's start with, with um, those. So your sole purpose coach, what Mm -hmm. does a sole purpose coach do? I think it probably tells you on the tin really, doesn't it? You help people find their sole purpose, but do you do that in a specific way? How do you, how do you help people like that? 
Yeah. So I work with people both on a one-on-one -on -one basis and on a, on a group basis. And when I work with them on one-on-one, -on -one, we usually go eight weeks to 12 weeks, depending on, I kind of personalize the package, depending on, on where the person is at, because I have clients who either are starting their spiritual journey. They're kind of like spiritually curious, or I have people who have delved into that kind of work before, and they kind of just need to focus more on discovering or rediscovering because we all know what we came here to do we just have to like peel the layers and start <laughs> peeling those layers to find that thing that is really calling us and that's why my business is called rekindle your light because your light is already there so it's just a matter of, of peeling those layers and finding again what is that thing or those things because they have to be one that light you up and it's beyond your career I'm not talking just about jobs because I think that Something that society has made us believe is that your purpose is your, is your job and it's not. Your purpose mm -hmm. encompasses a lot of beautiful things and your purpose can be traveling, being of service, becoming a mother, becoming a wife. There's just too many iterations of your purpose. And that's what we do together in a container, in a very safe container where we unpeel the layers that are no longer necessary and start reconnecting with the things that truly, truly are calling your soul. And that's what a sole purpose coach does. I absolutely love that. I love that people are, A, spiritually curious. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm with you there completely all the way. That's why I did this following the joy, because it's not about, you know, your work. We don't work to live. We, we don't live to work. We work mm -hmm. so that we can have an amazing life and we're on an adventure we're on a journey aren't we and yes. you know we need to just not be focused fully on work and there's so many other things that bring us joy and happiness and you know just finding that sole purpose so you're doing like a great job helping people but yeah. okay let's move on to the right so you also mentioned emotion code and human design so can you explain what they are because sure. I reckon my people probably haven't got a clue what some of those yeah, are. so emotion code <laughs> was actually the one of the techniques that I was first, first, first introduced to. And I had never heard of it. I I had heard of Reiki and other energy healing modalities, mm. but I had never heard of emotion code. And I remember I ran into a friend of mine and I saw him and I was like, you look good. But it was it was not just the physical aspect of it. It was just that this this glow in his in his aura. And he's like, yeah, I've been working with this coach. She does emotion code. And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, I'm going to send you the book. Give it a read. And if it connects with you, then I will give you her contact. And then you can schedule a session. And I'm like, okay. I devoured that book in one day. And mm -hmm. what it was about is about learning to identify the emotions that have been trapped in our bodies and in our subconscious for years and years and years and years and even generations. So there's a little bit of generational healing and there's also, mm -hmm. if we have inherited emotions, we get to, to uh, release some of those and also emotions that we have probably have been holding since we were kids things that we probably don't even remember that happened to us. And we don't have to remember them. We don't have to know specifically what happened. We just know that for some reason, give you an example, the emotion of anger is stuck in our body. And we can tap into that, figure out where it's coming from, like what age period when, when this happened. And based on that, we go ahead and tap into your subconscious and clear it. And what happened to me is that when I did my first session with my coach, I felt so light 
after my first session, I, I literally felt like I couldn't even hold my head with my hand because it was just like stuff has just come out of me during that session. Wow. This woman didn't know anything about me, nothing. And the first emotion that came in when she did my session was grief. She had no idea that I had lost both of my siblings. And I just started bursting into tears because I just couldn't believe that someone who, and she didn't even follow me on social media. So there was no way that she knew anything about my life. And all these emotions started to come out and I just felt lighter and lighter and lighter. I started working with her on a regular basis. You know, at first it was kind of like a weekly thing. Then we made it like bi-weekly. Then we made it like a monthly maintenance thing. And then my father passed away. And mm -hmm. I felt that everything that I had done was now going to be reversed. And she was like, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. All we have to do is just clear the energy and avoid to get it stuck again. So very similar to Reiki. Um, there's just no like hands on on a person. Just mm -hmm. now, now you can do Reiki, like quantum Reiki as well, where you don't have to be in the same room with somebody to help them clear the energy. So it's a very similar approach. Um, but then the difference is that we have a list of 60 emotions that, that we tap into and see which one is the one that needs to come out and we clear it and we clear, you know, between five and 10 emotions in one session. And as you know, my, my approach is a little different because I have the other modalities. I have the soul purpose coaching and I have my, my experience in, in life, which at the end of the day, I think that's, what's going to make us the best coaches we can ever be because nobody's going to have the same life experience that we have had. So I bring all of that in, in a session. So even if I'm just doing emotion code, I take the opportunity to coach people throughout the session. So you can do an emotion code session in 20 minutes, but my sessions take an hour because I like to talk about it. I like yeah. to things. And so that's what emotion code is. So in the in the container and if a formatting of a of a one-on-one -on -one session is literally one-off kind of situation. And then people mm -hmm. can decide to sign up again. Or we can also incorporate emotion code within the sole purpose packaging. So that's that's how I, I weave it into what I get to offer. And then human design is something completely different. Human design <laughs> is it's part science, part spiritual modality that combines Kabbalah, chakra system, quantum physics. It, it just has a, a astrology. So it just has like all of these modalities in one place. And think about it like looking at your your birth chart in astrology but it has a lot more elements to it. So it shows you who you came to be in this life. It's literally like a blueprint of your life. And when I discovered human design, probably around 2018, and somebody did a read of my chart, I just could not believe it, how accurate it was. And also it gave me an opportunity to see what areas I was not being authentic. I was not working in flow. I was just going against because of conditioning, because of the way that I was raised, because of environment. And I I started understanding how to align myself closer to my design. And the more I do that, the more I make decisions and remind myself, well, as a, as a generator, this is how I'm supposed to make decisions. I'm, I'm 
when you're a generator, and that's just to give you a quick example, generators is one of the five energy types. We <clears> are the we're the motor of the world, right? We're the engine. We're the one. That's why it's called generator. We're the ones who keep the, the world moving. So about 70% of the world is actually generators. And we function from our sacral. So that means that we're extremely creative. We're always in the go. We have sustainable energy. We just we just want to get things done. But then I learned that not everybody is like that. And that's when you start understanding and cohabiting with people who are very, very different than you, that they were not designed to live in a generator's world. And we have expected everyone to follow this blueprint that is not authentic to them. So that's why human design has helped me so much. And that's how I'm able to help a lot of my clients with it. Because when you realize how you are supposed to be functioning, how you are supposed to be making decisions, how are you supposed to be getting your day to day, then it's an aha moment. It's literally like, oh, no wonder why I do things the way I do. So, so all of those techniques have just helped me as a coach, but it has helped me as a human at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. So I have got into human design over the last year and I was the same as you. I was a little bit like, what's this? I mean, to be fair, I'm forever asking my dad, what time was I born? Because I can never remember. And he, I think previously, sorry, dad, if you're going to listen to this, he's given me my sister's time of birth. And so okay. I haven't necessarily been right. And then like the last time I think I asked him, he gave me a different birth time. And I was like, oh, all these astrology things and stuff have been uh-huh. having done. I think you've been giving me the wrong birth time. Anyway, I'm a projector. um, human design and I think one of the things I learned I think similar to to you is like like it was almost like somebody held a mirror up to myself and I thought oh that's why I do that so I really enjoy learning lots of stuff and sharing that with everybody but not everybody wants to know all the stuff that I have learned and I've had to learn that I have to wait to be invited to share with people all of the stuff that I have learned because I've got so much inside me and I'm so excited to share it but also it was uh, those little aspects of I love learning but also I, I, I will get tired or I feel tired if something is not lighting me up and so when I learned that I then throughout the day if, if I was you know I'd do something and I would I'd be like why am I feeling tired I shouldn't be feeling tired and then I'd be like oh like my little light bulb in my head would go on and I'd be like oh human design okay so I must be doing something that isn't like making me happy and then I'd stop that and then I wouldn't feel tired anymore it's like mind-blowingly amaz- amazing yeah, but also I'm you, quite... you start making decisions better you start strategizing yeah. your 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 life better and as a projector also you have these these beautiful access to vision like there's something very visionary about projectors I mean Obama is a projector so you have these people who have this bird eyes view where it's like they you are here to help people figure out how to run things more efficient and and you can see it from outside it's like I can see exactly what they're doing wrong but you kind of have to wait for them to tell you and ask you for your opinion because otherwise then it becomes like oh, you're one of those know-it-alls who are going to tell me how to do yes. things. I'm not open to that. So that's what waiting for an invitation means for those who are listening and have never heard of this concept. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's so completely true because what I found recently is I've, I'm talking with a lot of people who have got like kind of holistic businesses or, um, you know, are, are into more spiritual practices. 
And when I talk to them, I can genuinely say, oh, in order to develop your business, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm literally like, like you said, I'm sitting on my hands and with like a gag in my mouth, like, don't, don't say anything. <laughs> Just be like, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> can <Yeah>. I help you? <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. That's exactly what that's that's what human design looks in pra- in practice. Because when you look at the chart, you're like, oh, oh no, that, that that's it seems too complicated. It's very nuanced. It has so much mm. information in it. And you cannot decode it by yourself. You kind of need to either immerse yourself into really learning all of the aspects of it, which is it's it, it's very demanding and it's doable. I'm not saying it's not, or you need somebody who helps you kind of decode all the areas of your charts. And with even if you have just the basics, which are your energy type, your authority, your strategy. And I like going over, over your centers because your centers, and this is when we're talking about the chakras centers, mm-hmm. whether they are defined or undefined, that does make a lot of difference on the way that you interact with the world. And mm-hmm. even your profile, there's a little number on your chart that indicates kind of like your archetype, the role that you kind of came to play in this life. And I love going into those items as well, because I find it that is very helpful for the person who's getting a reading. And I go even deeper, like in my readings, I even cover some of the, of the, of the gates that are highlighted, the gates that are activated, because those are like the, the gifts that people have. And, and it's aligned. It's also indicates part of their purpose. So I, I go a little deeper, but even if you just learn like those three main things, your energy type, your strategy and your authority, you have already a leg up understanding how you're supposed to be functioning in the world. Yeah. And it's, it's mind blowing. Like Mm -hmm. it's for a very new kind of thing that's come about and isn't very well known in the world. It is, it is mind blowing. So yeah, I love it. I got told that I needed, if I am splenic, so I need to I make a decision. If I make a decision, I'll make a decision really, really quickly and then I'll start actioning it immediately. And it's always right. Mm-hmm. But if I am wavering it's on a decision... Yeah, it's the instinct part of it. Yeah. yeah. If I'm wavering on a decision, I'll be wavering for a long time and it will never be the right decision to make. Yes. So, yes. There's a note for anybody listening out there who knows me. If you ask me something and I'm like an immediate yes or no, we're all good. If I'm like, I'm not sure, probably run away change with a different subject I don't know <laughs> just do something yeah <laughs> exactly exactly but it's interesting what you were saying about emotion um code as well because I am a Reiki practitioner so mm-hmm. I understand about some of of like how how the energy like moves and works in your body and I also um do a lot of EFT work on mm-hmm. myself I'm not trained to do it but I'm part of a group that does like emotional freedom techniques so that's tapping mm-hmm. um and as part of that, we do a lot of kind of releasing energy. So mm-hmm. I kind of think those two must go very well hand in hand. But I am on a massive mission and have been all of last year about I genuinely believe that like your emotions sit in your body. If you don't process them out, it takes 90 seconds to process emotion out of the body and it sits there. And and like you said, like from being a child, we can have childhood trauma. Now trauma, we think is such like a strong word that is like, a loss of somebody or an accident or something happened to us but actually a childhood trauma could just be that somebody stole your toy whilst you were in play group and then you took a reaction to that and then that's sitting somewhere within your body isn't it and then I guess that needs to to come out I mean that's that's like a very basic example and it's not a very deep emotion but I genuinely think that we can heal ourselves by kind of letting go of, of 
some of the emotions that that we've been holding on to definitely and I see that again a a lot as I've been reading and doing my research because obviously I'm a projector and that's what I do I'm like comparing it to people's lives as they're talking to me and I'm like oh yeah that makes perfect sense but what what was the book that you read do I need to go away and read that that sounds yeah it's literally (laughs) called Emotion Code and and by Bradley Nelson who is a doctor he's a uh, was a chiropractor I don't think he longer practices but he's the one who came up with the technique and you can read it you can listen to it and this is something this is a technique that you can learn to do it on yourself as well so in my case I was trained to do it on other people but for yourself is something you want to learn in how to remove trapped emotions from your body this is something that you can actually learn how to do yourself just by listening or reading the book wow that's just like an amazing gift that you can give to yourself probably yeah. for the price of a book basically exactly exactly I am going on to Amazon and I'm going to order it as soon yes. as we complete let me know what you think let me know what you think especially when you get to the part there's that there's a chapter in there that talks about heart wall and when I got to that chapter it makes so much sense to me that we being it again think about it like an onion we've been putting all this layers upon layers upon layers to protect ourselves and this is all done subconsciously obviously so our heart has all these layers and that's why it's called a heart wall and when I start working with clients if they just want to focus on on emotion code that's what we do we work first on the heart wall because you know even if we give it a, a metaphoric size of the wall I remember that when I started working with my coach my heart wall was several feet long and I remember that a friend of mine who I referred to my coach his was miles his heart was miles and it didn't surprise me because I could see how reserved and guarded he was and I think that because I'm an actor I think maybe mine wasn't that long or that big because I was accessing my emotions fairly often and but still, I still had had several sessions in order to peel those layers that were covering the heart. And then you start feeling more more vulnerable. You start feeling more connected to the heart. You start making more decisions based on the things that you're feeling versus what you're thinking. So it's it's all everything that we're doing towards our self care, towards our well being. It's all connected. And at the end of the day, I think. The goal for all of these modalities, call it whatever you want to call it, is so that we can go back to our heart, is that we can connect back to yeah. ourselves. Yeah, love is everything, isn't it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day? Yeah. Give, giving love. If, if if you ask somebody, and I do this with people a lot, if you ask somebody, like, if you had, you know, 100 million in your bank account tomorrow, what would you do? And people normally list off, you know, buy this, buy this, do this, I'm going to watch all this on television. But actually, after you've settled down and bought everything that you needed to buy and watched everything that you needed to watch on television, you will find a purpose in life. And it's generally something to do with your heart. So it's like heart centered, you want to help people, you want to give people, you want to uplift people, you want to work with people. It's always like love and giving and helping, isn't it? Which is all like that heart centered emotion. Now, yeah. obviously, you just mentioned that you're an actor, which I think is awesome. So you do, you're an actor and you've done voiceover, haven't you? But I yeah. guess, so what you were saying there, do you kind of dig into the emotions that you've experienced in the past in order to be able to express those same emotions on screen? And that's what well, you think's I helped think, you? 
everybody's training is different, right? But I train in a school in New York called the William Esper Studio. It was a conservatory style training and I did this later in life, okay? So I want to make clear that I'm not always been an actor, always I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't start acting like until I was in my 30s, like professionally speaking. And in that particular school, the 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 thoughts is that you want to be truthful in imaginary circumstances, but you got to tap into your emotion reservoir, right? So you got to have the ability to understand what anger means to you, what love means to you, what joy means to you. And so during the first year of those two years of training, that's all we were doing. We were just like digging in, into those emotions. So when I'm working on a character, I am not necessarily like trying to replace the feeling with a memory. I'm not like, oh, let me think of the time that I, because that's, that's re-traumatizing. I don't, I don't want yeah. to do that. So the way that I work following the technique that I learned, it's more along the lines of like, if I was in this circumstances, if this was happening to me, how would I react? Oh, I would react with with pain okay so what am I doing right because as humans it's all about action what am Mm -hmm. I doing to confront the pain what am I doing to avoid the pain what am I doing to deal with the pain so it's it's not only the emotions but it's the doing of what am I doing around the emotions around the feelings to either feel them, avoid them, cover them up, uh, express them. So that's why acting could be such a, but again, it's in the verb, it's acting, it's doing. Mm. It's, 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 so for me, it's more, more than an outlet to process the emotions. It's an outlet to express my creativity. And it's a way for me to connect with the, with the human beings, with, with how humans behave in certain situations so what I what I get to bring into that human experience so it's a very personal approach and that's why you can have the same exact text and even if you have a director that is telling you I want you to punch this word I want you which is not the way to direct by the way but if you have a director (laughs) telling you you punch this word you punch this word you punch this word and you give it to three three different people it still is going to sound different because we're going to tap into different parts of our of our reservoir yeah yeah I love that that's awesome I also love the fact that you got into acting like you've always wanted to do it, but you got into it like in your 30s yeah that's brilliant what kind of drove you down that path death oh, is this <laughs> yeah, obviously you mentioned tragic. before so I'm so sorry because you you mentioned before didn't you like you lost your siblings and, and so you've lost tragic. your dad so, um, no, what happened was, is that I, I came to the United States because I went to school for hospitality business. So I was in the event planning business in the tourism mm-hmm. industry for years. And I was really good at it. Like I, I got to a point where I was like catering director, you know, like I was really, really, really good at my job and I'm still good. Like I, I could, I could pick it up today and just you know, like nothing. It's something that comes very natural for me, organizing and planning and and executing events. It's just something that I really love doing as well. And I was in a path of self-destruction. I was just working myself to burned out. I was working 16, 18 hour days. I was working, working, working. And then my sister passed away in a car accident. 
And that didn't help. I just went back into survival mode by working harder. And it got to a point where I would fall asleep anywhere because I was so exhausted. I was so wow. tired. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, said to me, oh, you know, they're holding auditions at, at this theater place close to where we were living. And I remember that you used to do theater in university. And, you know, maybe I think he saw that I just needed an outlet to do something else. And I went at an audition, I got in and I started acting again. And it was like, whew, like my life was back again. I was, because, you know, I think I numbed my emotions and my feelings for way too long because I didn't want to confront the loss of my sister. Is yeah. I, I always say that the loss of my sister is the most profound loss I have ever experienced till this day. And it broke me in a way that I never, ever, ever expected. And acting, it's the thing that started to heal me. And mm. I started to heal by being there every week, by having a different purpose, by by connecting with people, by expressing myself. And then it kept growing. The, the, that, that desire to do it, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was in a in a different acting class. This time I was, I was working with a with a film acting teacher. And one day he said to me, he said, you know, you're really good, but I think you're wasting your time here. I was in Orlando, Florida. So we're talking yeah. about this like pre, uh, you know, pre-virtual auditions were a thing. Like now it's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, you had to be in person to do auditions and so forth and so on. And he's like, you should give it a try. You should give it a try and, and really take it seriously. And I was so encouraged by him that I did. I We packed our things. We moved to New York City. And that's when I enrolled in that conservatory. And that's when it became a profession and it became a career. And I I play. I play so much. It, got, it gave me so much joy. It, gave me, it does, still does. It gives me so much happiness to be on stage, which I haven't been on set in years, but to be on, on set, mm. whether I'm doing a commercial, whether I'm just recording my voice for a commercial, whether I'm on camera, being on set, being with creatives is just, it just fills my heart so much. And it's probably one of my top three favorite things to do in the world. I love it so much. That is wonderful. And also, how good is your husband then boyfriend then if like he just packed up and moved with you? Yeah, yeah. He's a keeper. He is. Well, I've been <laughs> with him for over 20 years. And I think that's a big part of it. We even when we were in New York, there was a, there was a time when I said, I think I'm done with New York. I think I learned what I needed to learn here and I'm I'm ready for more. I, I want to try Los Angeles. And he's like, let's go. And oh, so we have, we have restarted over and over again, because as you know, every time you move within the United States, every state is different. So it's yeah. not the same to live in Florida than to live in New York, than to live in Los Angeles, than to live in all the other places that I have lived in. And so for me, LA was like business. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta approach this a little different. So it's been a huge learning lesson for me. I, I've been in Los Angeles for nine years and I've done some amazing things, but I also have gotten a lot of rejection in the last 10 years. It's yeah. Been, it's been like, wow. And and I think that acting and performing and creating art is always going to be a part of my life. And I think that even as a coach, I get to bring some of that aspect into it. Yes. I get to, to just... 
the joy of helping someone sometimes compares so much to the joy that I feel on stage. And, and that's to me the biggest indicator that I'm doing the thing that my heart wants me to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here's a question for you, for anybody that's listening and is kind of resonating with that younger version of yourself. That's, I think from what you said, you obviously, you were, you were working ridiculously hard before you lost your sister anyway. You probably, I'm guessing here, you probably didn't process your grief very well because you pushed yourself back into work. And so if if there's anybody that resonates with any of those aspects, so they've either lost somebody and they're trying to bury, bury those emotions or they are just overwhelming themselves with work and they're just constantly on that treadmill and they don't know how to help themselves, what piece of advice would you give them? The biggest thing would be there's always, and I always talk about this, there's always light within that darkness right and and we can be hitting the deepest rock bottoms of our lives because I've been there many times and even there in that place of hopelessness there is a tiny 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 little green thing leaf growing out of it find that find that little dot of light find that little whatever seems like the easiest most mundane thing to do pottery cooking painting writing you know when when my dad passed away I I was at a very very different place than when my sister passed away and I was already working on my on my spirit I was already on my spiritual journey so I always say that my dad's death was my biggest spiritual awakening and he gave me Mm -hmm. the most beautiful gift with his passing and I feel the most connected to him now that he's passed than than before and the thing that I started doing right away and it was not a conscious decision it was literally the way that I just felt I just needed to express my love for him I started writing on his Facebook page every day for 30 days as if he was listening and I shared every day I shared a picture every day I share a memory Every day I share something that just came up during that day. So I would start with saying, today I feel hopeless. And I feel hopeless. It reminds me the way I felt back when I was 10, when you left. And you know, it was a very intimate, personal conversation. And I didn't care that people were reading it. I was just like allowing myself to express. And because again, for me, expression, it's very important. It might not be for everybody, but for me, expression is one of my core pillars. And that was my way for me to process this time, the the grief and the emotions that were coming up. And when it came time to end the writing, I ended it with a message to him. And I say, okay, well, now our journey continues in a different way. And it's not a public journey and it's an intimate journey. And we'll continue to have these conversations one-on-one. You'll come in my dreams. You'll tell me you'll communicate to me the things that you want to communicate. And, and right away, I started having dreams with my dad. And, uh, you know, when my dad was passing, the words, follow your light, came to me. And I didn't know what that meant at the moment. I didn't mm. know what I was going to do with that information. But that's the reason also why my business is called Rekindled Your Light, because my dad gave me that gift. He gave me the words. And I, I, that's what I would tell people. There's always something, something, one tiny, tiny sliver of hope in every moment of darkness. And I just want you to find that. And most of the time 
it goes back to the things that make you happy when you were a kid or when you were a teenager. So think back at those moments and, and try to, to connect back to that. Like, what what was the thing that you were doing that you could spend hours doing and that you forgot to eat, you forgot to bathe, you forgot to sleep, you didn't want to do anything because you were so focused in what you were doing. So I would say connect to that even if it's a new version of that, right? Because if it was, let's say, well, I was playing soccer. Okay, well, maybe it's not playing soccer, but maybe it's being in nature, mm. you know? So it's it's it, it's always, don't look for the excuse. Look for the reason to really do something that will get you out of that shock, out of that comfort zone, out of that pain. I love that. That is, I mean, first of all, that's wonderful that you managed to process through that with your dad and and that you can be so vulnerable and you put it out there on social media as well on your dad's Facebook page. Like, I literally applaud you for that because not many people can be that vulnerable, but also how many people have you not even known that you've helped who who read that and they've seen mm-hmm. your bravery through through vulnerability and they've thought... I can do something similar or I need to have a conversation with my parent if they're alive or my sibling mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I can also, or this can help me process grief. So I, I'm sure you've touched so many lives. Yeah. Like yeah, I received that, messages from people, know. people that I haven't spoken to in years, even, you know, people who have, who have also lost someone and, and we're like, wow, that just showed me that there's ways to process the emotions that we don't have to keep it to ourselves. And again, it doesn't have to be in a public forum. I decided to do it that way because that's the way that my dad and I communicated a lot. Yeah. Because my dad was living in Venezuela and I was here. And we used to, you know, a lot of my friends would say, oh my God, I love your combos with your dad on Facebook because he will like, like poke fun on you. And, and, yeah. and that's the way we communicated. So for me, it was a natural medium to express. Yeah, I love that. And also one of the things that you said, which I think is really important for people to understand is you said, I feel like I feel hopeless. And the words that we choose are very, very important. So I am Debbie, but I feel emotions. So I am not anger. I am not angry. I like so I don't say I am frustrated. I am angry. I say I feel frustrated and I feel yeah angry because the part of my brain that processes those words knows that feelings are like temporary and so that it will move whereas when you tell yourself you are it's a permanent state so anybody listening just question how you say things to yourself if you are processing through emotions definitely use those I am feeling words as opposed to I am um and yeah, hopefully that will, yes. will help. I love that. Or at least I resonate. love that. Even even with the with the words, feeling and thinking, that's something that we we gotta catch ourselves sometimes. Notice when we say, "Well, I think no, no." What if you feel? What are you feeling really? Like, yeah. question. What is the feeling behind the thought? Yes, oh, that's such a golden nugget. Absolutely love that um I kind of feel like we might have come to a natural because there's so much to talk to you about I could literally talk to you forever because for anybody who's interested Idaiba had um past life regression which is on one of her podcast episodes which is awesome and it's something that I'm going to be doing this year in 2024 so I'm very excited about it but so you definitely need to go and listen and we can probably have a whole other episode just talking about that episode that you created (laughs) based on the fact that you'd had past life regression (laughs) oh that was fascinating um, (laughs) (laughs) but um 
I think we'll we'll wrap it up there because I feel like you've you've given so much good information and I just kind of want to recap over some um, bits and pieces as well. So the, the, the main takeaways, I think, from this are uh, everybody needs to get The Emotion Code by Bradley Nelson. That's like the one. Go and, go and treat yourself yeah. to something to help yourself with. Um, there's definitely more to life than just working. And if you find yourself in that position where you are maybe kind of like living to work and you have nothing else, like Idaiba said, like look for those things that you enjoyed in your youth, like go and do something. And what I really love what you said was don't find the excuse, find the reason. And whether that's within in the grief, look for the the small bright moments, those little like shoots of green or whether it's finding something simple, like you said, just going for a walk in nature, reconnecting with nature. So hopefully those will help everybody who's listening to be like, oh, I can just go and do this today if I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and stressed. Um, and for anybody who wants to connect with Idaiva, she has um, a website. What's your website? Yeah, rekindle your light. Rekindle your light. And rekindle Everything your light is rekindle is your, your light, so it's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to find me. And I'm the only person in the world with this name. Yeah. So literally, if you just go and look for Ediver, Y-D-A-I-V-E-R, you can find me. That's so I easy. I think that's awesome that you literally could just go by your first name and then that's it. You're essentially like Madonna and Kylie, Ediver. That's it. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I will put all of the links to everything that you do in our show notes. Um, but a huge thank you for just being your fabulous sunshiny beautiful soul self and thank, <laughs> thank you for joining me today it's been so lovely i've learned loads and so hopefully everybody else has as well thank you so much oh take care lots of love <laughs> you too thanks for listening today i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did and as always any links or anything mentioned will be in the show notes if you haven't connected with me yet, I'd love to meet you. So come find me on Instagram at Debbie Westwell. Why not slide into my DMs and tell me what you thought of this episode? And if you like what you hear, then please follow me or hit the bell icon, share with somebody like you who would benefit from listening and all positive reviews are greatly appreciated. Thank you for being your wonderful self and I can't wait to chat next time.